Hey everybody, welcome to episode 2 of Modcast VR, the official podcast of the Flat to VR Modding Discord community. Uh, today is a really exciting day. Uh, I'm Dr. Greg, by the way, and welcome to the podcast. This is my co-host, uh, VR Vran, or I'm always going to say his name wrong because I just say Vran. Sorry. <laughs> well, maybe maybe in a year or so I'll get that better. It's Vran. So... <laughs> We're actually friends, believe it or not. And uh, we're really excited today. <laughs> Can't say his name, but you know. <laughs> we're actually really excited today because we have with us the team lead of the team that's doing the Half-Life 2 VR mod that everybody is so excited about. I got to play it a little bit. I streamed it on Thursday, and it's fantastic. Welcome, Wormslayer. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Thank Hello. you for joining us. This is so exciting. Uh, we... We, this is our, like I said, our second episode. We had our first episode, which was, it was amazing the response that we got. We had like 156 subscribers off of one show from two relatively small streamers. So that was pretty mm -hmm. awesome. And uh, got a lot of views and really great positive feedback. And uh, so, yeah, I think we've got something here. I think people are really excited about these mods and they really want to learn more about them. So we really appreciate it when we can find modders that are brave enough to come on with us. <laughs> Let us talk your ear off. Yeah, um, VR and uh, Half-Life are two of my favorite things. Uh, <laughs> more than I can talk about them. Awesome, awesome. Nice. Hey, how long how long have you been um how long have you been doing this this uh modding thing? Um I mean technically about 10 years now, but that hasn't been continuously for 10 whole solid years. That's, you know, starting and stopping with different teams of people and stuff over various uh time spans in those 10 years. Mhm. Mm the original mod um was made by a guy named Nathan Andrews. Okay. Uh, back in 2012, he was experimenting wow. with, um, yeah, this is like before even the Oculus kicked Yeah, out. that's a long time ago. Um, he was experimenting with a uh, Sony HMZ T1, which was like a weird sort of head mounted TV display thing. <laughs> and he'd paired that up with like a really expensive third party motion tracking platform that he had available. Um, and he made this really kind of basic proof of concept of playing Half-Life in VR with this tiny field of view on the headset and everything. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he showed it to a few people and I was like, holy shit, that's amazing. Uh, and I kind of uh, got involved. How big of an FOV are you talking about? Um, oh, Jesus, I don't know. It was tiny. It was like um, viewing a... It, the blurb said something like, you know, viewing a 50-inch screen at the arm's length or something like that. So, you know, it was like really narrow, maybe sort of 10, 15 degrees or something. Wow. Uh, yeah, you it know, wasn't VR headset at all. I, I'm just thinking about back in the day when, when VR first started really showing up where people could try it. You know, like in the early 90s, you had those massive things you put yeah. on your head in the malls, you know, and you played, was it Dactyl Nightmare, I think, was the one that I tested out, which, you know, it's like flat polygons you know was, everything was made even the pterodactyl i think was only three polygons and 20 frames per second nauseating as hell and my mind was blown away yeah, <laughs> so i'm i imagine it? seeing half-life 2 in vr would just be like dactyl oh, yeah. uh, nightmare on the virtuality cs 1000 system that was also my first vr experience back in the 90s yeah and, uh, there's um 
it doesn't really serve any purpose, but if you look in the maps folder for Half-Life VR, there is a recreation of the Dactyl Nightmare map in there that you can play on. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> it's just a couple of floating platforms. It's nothing, really. It's like you said, a few polygons. But, yeah, uh, yeah. We had a little test thing we made. Yeah, that disappointed me so badly. <laughs> that so... I waited in, in queue, and I was seeing everybody wearing those huge helmets, I would call them, and I was so eager to go and test it. And when I saw that it's just polygons, I was so disappointed. <laughs> I was like, never again, take it off, take, take yeah. it off, and I like, needed some help. Yeah, it's like, you know, you, you watch the Tron movie, and you read yes. Snow Crash and Head Crash, and you've got all these images in your mind of what it's going to be like in VR. I and mean, then yeah. you've got this horrible low resolution, <laughs> low frame rate, poorly yeah. thing. Like, I mean, is that it? Is that all we've got? Oh, man, yeah. I, I remember, though, uh, first of all, I remember being instantly nauseated, uh, you know, moving around. Mm -hmm. But uh, the thing that just blew my mind is there in the middle, there was like a square, but it was like a donut because it had a hole down at the bottom on the bottom level. And the fact that I could bend down and look through that hole, just it just blew me away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, yeah, it's glad that we've got back to where we are now. OK, so that that has nothing to do with Half-Life. But anyway, it's just an interesting I hear this thing about that that blows me away that this was really going on that long ago with Half-Life like 2012 that's that was a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In years. Yeah, when you started like you said 10 years. Yeah. So that was a long time. Is that when you Half first started? Oh, go ahead, Ryan. Go yeah, for no, it. Go ahead. Cuz right. I was just wanted to say like Half-Life 2 when I when I played Alex, and after I played Alex, I said it in, on the previous episode, I didn't know what to play next. And then I switched to, I was like, okay, I would use Orpex to play Half-Life 2. Uh, I tried Gary mods, uh, Gary's mod, and um, I, I wasn't sure that it would just go in a chronological matter to go between the levels, because... You had all the levels ahead of you, mm -hmm. and you can just double click. And I was like, I want to start from the beginning. You know, when we see um, the G-Man in when you're in the, on the train, and I was wasn't sure. I was like disappointed by that, so I played it in Vorpex. But when I did talk to people, they said, "Well, Half-Life 2 is VR. You can play it in VR. Just activate the VR." And I couldn't make it happen. It just wouldn't work for me. And of course, then you can't play it in VR until you guys came up to the surface. But it's you couldn't a, play a this. Complex history, the, uh, the VR of Half Life. Because at one point, um, around the time of the DK1 Kickstarter, uh, Valve mm. actually added official VR support to the Source Engine, mm. Team Fortress, and Half Life 2. Um, and we kind of uh, we built off of that, but then they completely abandoned that idea. and. I think possibly they even removed it from recent versions of Half-Life 2, like it's not even in there anymore, maybe. Uh, mm -hmm, it's not. Well. Um, yeah, it was kind of a shame. Like, I felt there was a lot of potential there, um, but, like, they were targeting the DK1, which obviously had only three um, degrees of freedom tracking, there was no positional tracking, mm -hmm. and there was no motion yeah. control, so you were there on the game yeah. pad or the bus or whatever. So they, you know, they had to target that, and it was not very good experience at all yeah it wouldn't be yeah 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah, because this, this mod, if I remember correctly, because I remember when I first got my Vive, like back in like 2015 or whatever it was, uh, I remember seeing something about this mod being worked on and I was really excited about it, but then it just kind of dropped off the radar and never heard anything about it until recently. Yeah, uh, a few different incarnations. Um, there was obviously the original sort of uh, prototype, which wasn't even designed for VR headsets. Um, and uh, one of the biggest problems with that was um, that uh, all weapon models in Half-Life 2, you only ever see them on screen from a very specific angle. Mm-hmm. And if you actually turn the model over, it's just missing all of the Yeah, half of it's gone, so yeah, yeah. When you play it in VR, you know, it's like you're trying to wave the gun around. It's really distracting the fact that there's just bits missing from it. So. I originally joined up with Nathan to rebuild missing parts of the weapon models, um, and we, we put together um, a pretty good DK1 uh, kind of uh, version of it with the uh, the old Razer Hydra um, controllers. They were they were pretty clunky, you know. They had wires and they had a really short range from the base station and stuff. Um, and, uh, it was a bit of a weird experience, but it was enough to give you, you know, like a taste of it. You could see where it was going to be once this came together and, you know, the, the big money players started iterating on this technology. Um, mm. and we, we kind of worked on that for a while, um, but we kind of, um, we, were, we were basing a lot of it on Valve's native VR support built into the engine. So when they cancelled support for that um, and even... Um, like Oculus and Valve, they switched away from this concept of using the headset as just like a, a monitor that was attached to the system and using it as a dedicated VR device. And that completely like broke compatibility with the old API layers and stuff. So our mod, just like that was it, no longer works. That was the end of it. Um, and that was kind of it for a good like year or two. Um, and then a few other people kind of, um, you know, they sort of approached me and they're like, hey, what happened to that mod? You know, are you still working on that? And I explained that, you know, it was kind of dead. And uh, we got to talking and they um, they were like, you know, hey, I know, I know a bit of programming. I know a guy who does some API stuff. We can probably get this thing working again. And that was sort of the start of a long period of development with, Jesus, I don't know, like a good dozen or so people over the years coming in and working on it a bit and then, you know, moving on to other things or just, you know, being unable to continue with it for whatever reason. Um, and that, that kind of, like, dragged on for a long time. We were making progress, but it was difficult with people coming and going on the team. You know, we'd get some new people in and they'd have to look through the code base and figure out what the hell was even going on and, you know, what needed working on and stuff. Uh, and, yeah, that kind of um, that petered out again and there was sort of like a, a dead period where... It was basically just me, and I'm not really a programmer. You know, I'm a sort of hello world level kind of guy when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, so there was, you know, just nothing really happening on it. There was one guy soldiering away, working on some stuff, um, and then even he um, got uh, kind of caught up with school and life and stuff, and had to uh, put it to one side. And then, yeah. Um, I guess about eight or nine months ago now, um, I got to talking with Elliot uh, from the, uh, the VR, Flat to VR Discord, mm-hmm. and uh, he was like, "Hey, you know, I can I can pick you up with some guys." And uh, we brought in uh, Doctor Beef um, ah. with some of the, uh, the sort of core API stuff, um, and also Cabalistic, who is now our lead programmer and has been doing all the wonderful work that you guys uh, have been playing. 
Yeah, yeah. I was I was going to ask you oh. about that because I knew when we had our our uh, another podcast, uh, Trip VR podcast, uh, VR Bug got um, uh, Doctor Beef for an interview. I think we were the first people to ever interview him, so it's pretty cool. Uh, it's actually our biggest episode that we did of that whole podcast. <laughs> Everybody wanted to hear from Dr. Beef. Uh, but that, that, <laughs> yeah, that was my question because I think then we were talking about Doom 3, which is also one of the most brilliant mods ever. I mean, and the way it works in, in, uh, on the Quest 2 natively just blows me away. Uh, it, it just it feels like a native game. Um, but uh, that was my question for him was Half-Life 2. Is it possible on the Quest 2? I think it would be. And uh, his answer was yes and no, because I think he said it had to be an Android or something like that. Yeah, I mean, basically Half-Life 2 is written for PC hardware, so you mm-hmm. know, Intel-based CPUs and stuff. Uh, an Android system is quite different. But there is apparently an actual Android-native version of the source engine that exists as a thing. Okay. Possibility okay. Behind. So we need to make this happen so I could tell VR Bug. I told you. I told you. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be kind of a whole next project. So you know. I mean, oh yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah, I, quite a different kind of proposition. You had mentioned something about physics side effects is one of them I want to ask you about because you were talking about that's what I was playing and it's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Havoc physics engine in, uh, that they use in Source, um, it's, uh, it's got some unique kind of jankiness to it. Uh, I'm sure you've seen like, you know, people um, doing weird speedrunning hacks, like humping walls while they're holding a crate and using it to fly through the level and all that kind of shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was really funny. We had Because I picked up a guy in my stream, I just picked up one of the... And he just started spinning around and around and around. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's happened to me. But we haven't really tried too hard to eliminate it because it's just hilarious. Yeah, no, it's a, stuff know, like it's, that it's is part fine. Of the game. <laughs> it's part of the game. It's it's totally part of the game. You, I, I, I had a bug in the game. You know, in the beginning when you go um, from the trailer, you go up and then you, you know, smash some crates and then things collapse. And you go by the fire, and there's a, a a crow or a raven, whatever you want to call it, and it flies. Um, it didn't fly; it just stood there. So I picked it up, and it was dynamic. And I was like, "Oh!" And I stayed like this for about three, four, five minutes, just <laughs> doing like an airplane, an adult standing <laughs> in his room with the VR headset and just doing this. But it's so much fun, and the physics works. And I'm assuming that you're talking about this because I wrote this down because in the stream, you told Greg, oh, you don't have to smash the vents. You can just grab them with your hands. That's great. It's those things. It's such a small thing, but it's such a huge thing. I need to keep remembering that I can like actually pick up physical objects and use them to block and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. That's just that's that's great. That's like something you would do in Alex. Yeah, exactly. It didn't even occur it's to amazing. me the playtest is doing it. Um, he was running around with a pistol in one hand, and uh, he picked up just like a bit of physics junk in his other hand, and he was using yeah. it as a like, shield to block stuff. That's crazy. It's amazing. It's, it actually was really surprising to me, because I played through this game 
with uh with with gary's mod and i loved it i thought i mean for the most part it worked really well yeah, uh, yeah it worked pretty well in gmod but yeah it's more but, of a sort of sandbox than an experience exactly exactly and what mm -hmm. i what what you guys have done what i was super impressed with is this if the mechanics so much of it just felt like how, i was playing half-life alex you know, the, even though I kept going through the rapid thing with the button on the gun, I kept forgetting to use this little weapon selector thing on the side, you know. The, the wheel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the wheel. But, uh, uh, you know, just everything felt like grabbing the ammo from behind your back and slotting it in and all that. It, it just, it all felt like Half-Life Alex. It was just amazing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. huge improvement. We took some inspiration from playing Half-Life Alex. Uh, but it was interesting when we did play that to see that they'd already come up with some of the same solutions that we had previously. Uh, it was like, you know, these are obviously sort of like fundamental solutions to VR things that work. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, obviously, uh, we, you know, we, we definitely took inspiration from Half-Life Alex and they're like, well, you know, people are going to be expecting to be able to just reach over your shoulder and grab the gun. We were working on like a belt-based system before, but because of Alex, we were like, okay, you know, it's going to have to be over the shoulder now. Yeah. Yeah, um, I I also love how just because it is VR, the nature of VR, you know, like a, a developer like you watching people play, it's got to be hilarious to see things that people do to solve problems that weren't even in your mind of how you could do it. But like, for instance, for whatever reason, I couldn't push the the washing machine into that thing, uh -huh. that weight, that physics puzzle. So I just threw a grenade at it, and it blew it up, and it blew it right into the thing. <laughs> it was a brilliant shot, yeah. I didn't think that was going to work. I thought, best case, it would just go flying off to the other side. Yeah. Of the <laughs> but now you nailed it. It's amazing. Everything works. Whatever yeah. works, do it. Oh, my God. And the, it's the, amazing. The airboat. Let's talk about that for a second because that was so much fun. I didn't get to play that with Jared, Gary's bot. It made me so sick. What did you guys do? to make that feel so good because it just, it felt awesome. I mean, probably the two biggest changes we made were um, we removed the um, the camera roll. So mm -hmm. before, like you were actually in the air boat and if it flipped upside down, then you would flip upside down, you know, your viewpoint would go with it. Uh, but we've locked that off now. So the air, ball, the air boat can do a barrel roll, but you still stay the right way up, uh -huh. uh, which helps a hell of a lot. Um, we made it a lot less twitchy as well. Um, the, uh, the steering on it was uh, almost like binary, you know, you're just like, you touch the thumbstick left and like, Bruh, oh, yeah, off. it mm -hmm. was, it was so, it was, it was so terrible. I was sick within five seconds. <laughs> um, we've also got some like VR comfort options, like motion vignettes to mm -hmm. dim out your peripheral vision mm -hmm. and stuff when you're driving around. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the, uh, the Airbo and the, uh, the buggy are, uh, they're pretty playable now. Yeah. In the old days, they were like, you know, everybody would just say, oh, you know, it killed me. I had to stop playing there and just skip to the bit that was after that. And That's what on. I did. Yeah. So, uh, no, we haven't had anybody complaining about motion sickness with the new version. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. You know what else I loved is the way you guys did the gun. That was such a blast. When that gun got mounted on that airboat, because it's just like, hold, it's just like holding a gun and aiming. So it's so easy to do while you're driving. And you just feel like such a badass driving around and you're just like blowing guys out. Yeah, it, it was brilliant. It, it works so well. I was worried. Drive by and shoot people as you go past them. Exactly. Stuff. It's fantastic. I was worried that you were going to put attach it to the right thumbstick because I absolutely oh. suck at aiming with the thumbstick. So. <laughs> Even in the old versions of the mod, we had it um, locked to your head. So it was like an Apache gunship where you look mm -hmm. around and the reticule stuck to your face kind of thing. 
Yeah, that, um, I don't mind that either, actually. Yeah, it's still an option because a lot of people like that. Uh, uh-huh. The default now mm-hmm. is just aiming with your off hands like you're holding a gun, which works great, I think. That's awesome. It's it's crazy how you guys... I, I'm always speechless about how you guys do this. Because coming from film, things are animated or moving to a camera. And when you're in VR, there's no such thing. The camera is your head. Yeah. And maybe in games, sometimes the characters would wait until you turn to them and then they would start moving. And that's what it felt in that bug that the the crow was just sta- standing there. Um, and then it starts moving until you look at it or get to the trigger point that makes it oh, fly. But how do you guys do that? How do you... It's mind-blowing to me. And people don't understand... People just think, oh, I just put a headset and turn it on. And there's so much involved. And we're so, we we're, I, we can't really imagine how you guys do it. And what is the approach even to start doing this? How do you break the game to make it work for us in VR? Even what you said with the gun, that it's only, you, you actually said it. It's, it's only visible in one angle. And once yeah. you turn it. That's a very sort of cinematic thing, you know, like the the stage that the camera can see, it extends from here to here, and, you know, everything else is just like, you know, a garage somewhere, Uh, but, you know, when you're looking at it in the camera, it's like, that's it, it's in an alien world, or whatever. Um, Yeah, I mean, I can't can't take too much credit for um, that kind of stuff, because a lot of the, um, you know, the scripted events and stuff, that was done by Valve in the original game, Um, we've just sort of, like, built on it. I think maybe the thing with the um, with the crow that you experienced uh, could be related to the fact that we made Gordon a lot slimmer than he used to be. Um, he used oh, to have, thank you, uh, Gordon Freeman. Yeah, he used to have quite a yeah. you know a rotund physics box. Um, so you know you would bump into the triggers at a certain distance, um, but that also meant that you know if you tried to like walk up to a table or something, you would bump into the table and knock it around, and everything would fall off. So we've kind of like shrunk mm-hmm. the physics bounding box for Gordon Dan quite a lot so it's more sort of human sized now um, and that's had a few weird effects like I think maybe the crow thing was you didn't quite get close enough to trigger it but you were still close enough to yeah. see it kind of thing um, and uh, Greg I noticed um, you um, you got attacked by a, a, a combine gunship um, and you, yes. were like, yeah, you, you turned and ran down this narrow alleyway but that wasn't somewhere you were ever supposed to be able to get into. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought, I'm just going to run through here. Then I couldn't go any farther. <laughs> I was like, no! Yeah. He just pelted me with bullets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, something I've been doing recently is going around finding some of these weird holes that people can get into. Now, Gordon is a lot slimmer uh, that you're not supposed to be able to get into. And I've had to go around and start plugging them up with, you know, invisible wow. holes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because there was another thing in the in the game that, some of the combines f- dropped or fell from a bridge, and you said that you can't shoot them while they're falling until they're actually. Yeah. Change- How do you? Ch- uh, yeah. Well, can you change their trigger? I, th- I think so. It's like on my to-do list to look into that, um, but it's just something from the original game. There's this bit where these yeah. cops are scripted to kind of like jump down from the sides of the canal and attack you, mm-hmm. but the way they're mm-hmm. scripted they're invulnerable to your bullets until they get down onto the ground and 
every single person I've ever seen play that, they always go, ah, and just like unload a whole clip into this guy as he's climbing yeah. down. Yeah. And then it's confusing and disappointing because nothing happens. And then you have to reload your gun while he's shooting you in the head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happened to me. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I would like to make it so that you can just like gun that guy down dirty as he's trying to climb down on you kind of thing. Yeah. Hey, uh, is it is this mod? Will it work with like other mods for Alex, or is that will they uh, break it? Not mods for Alex, because Alex. Is oh, not the, Alex. That's what I, that's not what I meant. Yeah, I meant Alex. Um, so it should be uh, like we we based it on um, the Source twenty thirteen SDK, which is Valve's like public Source Engine SDK that they put up on GitHub for everybody to make mods with, um, and that is basically the Half Life two engine. Um, so any Half-Life 2 mods that do not rely on custom code um, or custom weapons should be compatible with our mod. So, um, like, you know, texture mods, model replacements, custom maps, all that kind of stuff. You should be able to just, like, load it up and cool. go. Awesome. Okay, that's what I was wondering, because sometimes, you know, they, they don't work. I know somebody was trying to put on, I think it was when I was streaming uh, Resident Evil to remake with that mod and somebody was on the channel and then they decided to go check it was like oh you can't put the sexy mods on claire they don't work <laughs> yeah, um, but she doesn't yeah. have a head so that would be creepy anyway <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, i hope that uh, we get people playing old mods or maybe even making new mods uh, based on our sort of uh, VR version of the game. Absolutely. I'm hoping that yeah. somebody could take what you guys have done and convert it into Black Mesa. That would be awesome, yeah. Um, a few times over the, the sort of 10 years that we've been doing this, um, we've been kind of like developing, uh, you know, not alongside, but at the same time as Black Mesa was being developed. And I have spoken to a few guys on their teams over the years about adding VR support. Um, up until recently, their answer was always that they wanted to finish like making the actual game before they worried about adding more, you know, complex mm -hmm. new stuff like VR support, which is perfectly understandable. Um, but uh, maybe now that they've actually finished it and released it, there's some room for a VR version. Um, but obviously, they've you know um, they're not even using the old 2013 engine anymore. They got licensed from Valve to use their newer code. Um, so it would be, you know, uh, a whole new thing that would have to be done in collaboration with them with access to their source code and everything. But I would love to see that, yeah. Uh, Black Mesa's awesome. I love that game. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's better than the original Half-Life, let's face it. You know, it's the same, but all polished up. And, oh, know, yeah, it's beautiful. And that Those last levels are just... Zen is amazing. They're yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I frequent um, some sort of uh, source engine modding uh, forums with some of the guys who worked on the, the tools and the uh, maps and stuff for Black Mesa, and some of the technology they developed for that is really nice. Uh, like a lot of it's done with a custom 3ds Max plugin. They make all their maps and stuff inside 3ds Max rather than in the old source engine tools. Oh, okay. It's wow. a lot of freedom to do uh, more sort of complex and detailed stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. Here's a question. Um, somebody had asked, uh, are the, are the episodes like episodes one and two, are they also going to be working with this mod? Basically, um, 
in the old versions of the mod, we uh, we already released episode one and episode two as part of that. Uh, but uh, yeah, we will be doing. Um, they, they'll be separate games rather than being just like moshed together. Okay. We talk about kind of merging it all down into one continuous experience where you know there's no break or anything. You just sort of finish the last chapter of Half Life Two and boom, the, the next the first chapter of Episode One loads kind of thing. Um, but uh, so there's there's a few sort of technical reasons why we decided not to do that, um, and uh, also Valve wanted us to keep them as separate products as mm-hmm. well. So, yeah, we, we will be releasing Episode 1 and Episode 2, but as separate standalone experiences. Okay, awesome. Mm. Awesome. So so this is all, you've done all of this with Valve then? They've kind of given you your, your blessing? and. Um, so the original versions of the mod um, were completely unrelated to Valve. Like we did kind of approach them, um, but, you know, who were we? We were just some guys. Um, mm-hmm. And they were already working on their own native VR support at the time. Um, and then they kind of abandoned that whole branch of the engine, um, and we uh, like we tried approaching them, but it, it's difficult to find somebody there who will just talk to random, you know, nerds from the internet about licensing <laughs> their technology and stuff. Um, so nothing really came of it for years, and then through um, some basically random lucky connections, you know, like a friend of a friend knows a guy at Valve kind of thing. Um, we managed to get a hookup there and they ended up actually licensing the source engine to us and giving us access to the source code for Half-Life 2 and the uncompressed R assets and stuff. Um, and uh, we we started working with that because it also they also gave us um, the newer versions of their engine, the CSGO branch, um, and we were going to upgrade the whole thing and base it on this new version of the engine which has some technological improvements and stuff um but the way they do licensing now um it used to be that you just had a team license and that covered everybody who was working on the project but then they switched over to this thing where you just have individual member licenses um so we were kind of trapped in this cycle where um we'd bring on a new programmer but we couldn't show them the source code because they didn't have a license we'd apply for a new license to them from valve and then that would take like sometimes a long time for it to go through the chain and get signed by somebody on the board of directors and stuff and then eventually that person would have access but sometimes like they'd have got bored and just moved on to another project because there was nothing for them to do for months after months after months um so we ended up like uh the version that you guys have played is not actually using any of the licensed code that Valve gave us at all. It's all based on the public 2013 SDK that everybody bases their mods on. Um, so, yeah, we, we do technically have a license and, you know, we could be using the uh, the shiny new tech, but uh, that's all kind of in uh, legal limbo at the moment. So we're just working on the public stuff. That, that brings me to another big question. Uh, so tell us what's coming with the beta. I know there was something about, you know, improved textures and weapons and stuff like that. Uh, so what's coming in the future? What are, what are the things, big changes and new content that you guys are adding? Uh, I mean, we've been pretty busy, um, mostly just uh, like... Even um, episode one and episode two, Valve added a lot of new um, like technology to the engine. Um, so just by loading up the maps and then compiling them with the map tools that shipped with episode two, for example, you instantly get like better lighting and stuff just for free doing that. 
So, you know, the first thing we did was recompile all the maps using newer tools. Um, and that's what you guys have been playing is some maps mm. that I did back in like, uh, I think like 2017 was the last time I compiled them. Um, so they've got, you know, sort of better lighting than the retail Half-Life 2 maps. I could um, really see some of that, man. Like the, the light coming through windows and the dust and everything. I don't remember that before. No, <laughs> yes. no I, I did add a few little touches, like some uh, fake volumetric lights and some uh-huh. things in a few key places. At the attic. In the yeah, beginning. the attic at the beginning. I was like, wow, I don't remember this looking so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the... Um, the, like I said, the version you've been playing, it's got um, sort of old maps from several years ago. Um, and that's basically because they're sort of, uh, like we know they work pretty well and they're relatively bug-free. So it allows us to concentrate on this phase of beta on just testing the code and you know the, all the changes we're making there. Um, but sort of alongside with that, me and some of the other guys have been working on new versions of the maps and content. Um, we've been using... Uh, AI to upscale some of the textures, uh, which has been working pretty well. Um, a lot of the textures in Half-Life 2 are, I mean, for 2004, a lot of them were really quite high res, but also even in, in 2004, some of them were like, oh, dude, it looks like you copy-pasted this from Half-Life 1, you know, it's yeah. like 10 pixels by 10 pixels. It's just a blob when you get up close to it. So, yeah, we've been sort of uh, targeting some of the sort of more high-value textures and models and things, and then, you know, bringing them up to, I wouldn't say like a modern standard, but a less obviously kind of, you know, uh, low-res appearance. Okay. So, and then uh, I think Elliot had said something about you had, like, uh, better weapons coming in, or or is he just talking about the animations and stuff? Uh, No. um, So... The weapons that are currently in there, they're mostly uh, the old versions that I made. Uh, they started out as literally the weapons you see on screen in Half-Life 2, and then I loaded them up into a 3D modeling package and started filling in the missing faces on the back and uh, that kind of thing. Um, and they're, you know, they're, they're not terrible. Um, at the very least, they still look just like the weapons from Half-Life 2, because they are. Um, but those weapons... You know, they were made with the limitations of 2004 technology, and some of them aren't that well made. Um, and yeah, we've had a few talented people working on completely new high-resolution versions of uh, all of the weapons, essentially. Um, Sweet. I think uh, at least one of those is in-game now. Um, the crowbar is a nice new high-res okay. version, yeah. nice high-res textures and everything on it. Um, nice. But, yeah, theoretically, we're going to replace all of them with sweet high-res models uh, in the near future. I can't tell you how much I appreciated being able to really swing the crowbar and hit things. Because, yeah, with Gary's mod, you just have to hold it out and pull the trigger. It just didn't feel right. Just able to break things. And, man... Those things were great against those damn man hacks. That was awesome. I'm so glad somebody said something because I was wasting ammo trying to shoot those damn things. <laughs> a surprising number of shots with the guns to take them down. It's yeah. More, uh, much more convenient to just smack them out of the air. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was an, there's another mod for a different game, GTFO. Also, you can't really swing. You kind of need to hold the trigger down. Or I think that the latest one, maybe you, you no, can. You still, can. You still have to. You still have to hold the trigger to charge it up. You need to but hold then you it can down. Swing. Yeah, it's a little. It's different. 
it's different. Yeah, but, but that's a different mechanic than this. Literally, yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. But you, you it's just it's. Of, uh, you know, you need to be able to just flail your arm around. Yeah. Like a so, you know, mm-hmm. you start panicking, yeah. shit's coming at your face, head crabs are jumping at you. Yeah. yeah. You, you don't think, you just go, oh, and you smack it out of the air yeah. with your hand. It's exactly. very sort of Exactly. It's yeah. amazing. Oh, I know somebody had mentioned too uh, on my stream, they were asking about it. Now, granted, we've already talked about the airboat, but, uh, uh, and I don't think this is necessary at all. But I, 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 I'm curious about it because I thought about this when I was playing with Gary's mod that might help with, you know, something that might help with people motion sickness. Are you guys working on, like, actually manually steering the boat? Or are you just going to stick with the thumbstick? Manually being able to reach out and grab the steering wheel or the handbars and manually do that, that is on our to-do list, you know. It's on our mm-hmm. wish list. Um, but it's not something we're looking at right now. Um, it's not, like I said, it's not needed, but it's just... Yeah, it is one of those polish kind of things that we want to add, but we want to get, you know, the, the sort of fundamental game-breaking stuff nailed down first, and then mm-hmm. we'll iterate on it and maybe add yeah. some, uh, some more featureful stuff like that. But I, I personally would love to be able to do that. Oh, yeah, I think it'd be great. Just... <laughs> yeah, it'd be awesome. But one thing that comes up is right now the, the beta that you uh, gave us, the key that you gave us, it's almost like a separate game. So what I did, I, I got that, and then I un, uh, uninstalled Half-Life 2, and then the, the mod didn't work anymore. And then I was like, okay, and then I chatted with you on Discord, and I said, like, yeah, that error is because you don't have Half-Life 2 installed. So the, la- the, the final product, do you think that it's just going to be something that we're going to put in the Half-Life 2 um, folder? Um, or is it going to be the same thing, like a, two separate um, things that work together? Yeah, like it's we've already gone beyond the point where it's like a mod that we add to the Half-Life 2 folder. It's now a completely standalone thing. Standalone. Uh, but we are still referencing a lot of the um, um, the content from Half-Life 2. Yeah, um, okay. But that's more of a sort of convenience for us developing it, though. Um, basically, if, if we... Um, like if, if we haven't changed a thing, then it's just falling back on whatever's in the Half-Life 2 data files. And that's quite convenient for us. You know, it gives us a very clear yeah. definition between what, we made, what was in the original game. Um, but yeah, it is, um, it is possible that as we approach a more sort of like final version of the game, we might just take all of the Half-Life 2 stuff, which as I said, about license to us mm-hmm. anyway, and just mash it all into the pack file so it is truly standalone. Yeah. Um, but you you will still have to at least own Half-Life 2 on Steam yeah. for it to work. Definitely. Um, that will be a requirement regardless of whether you need to have it actually physically installed on the hard drive at the time. Yeah, okay. definitely. Here's a question. This has nothing to do, okay? We're going to go on a segue here. This has nothing to do with Half-Life 2 and nothing that you've probably worked on. But I just have a question because I've thought about this ever <laughs> since I saw it. I can now get either on Android or on my on, on my my phone here i can download alien isolation and play it on android or my phone right and from what i've seen i haven't done it yet but from what i've seen it looks amazing so when i see that my question is if it's on android would it could they put it on quest 2 yeah yeah i mean if if it's running natively on android hardware then there's there's nothing technically stopping it from running on the quest that's Android device. That's exactly what I thought. So we need to talk to some some uh, people and make that happen. 
<laughs> that, I mean, talk about a, a, a system seller. I would think uh, that would be one that people would want to play because that game is brilliant in VR. I mean, it, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's like, you know, it's like, ah, oh, shit, the whole time. You're just exactly. Like, oh <laughs> That's exactly what I said. Ah, shit! The whole time. <laughs> well, I said a few other words, but <laughs> we're yeah, trying to know. keep the we're trying to keep the show PG thirteen here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even even though you know, like uh, I make graphics and stuff, and I design VR games and shit. Uh, when when you know you're in there, it's you're still like quite immersed in that, and you know it's still a very intense experience, even though you know that that's just a bunch of polygons, your shader and stuff. Even playing with this, yeah. Yeah, I don't mind playing Even with gamepads playing with this. at all. No, but, no. But boy, do I appreciate good motion controls. But Alien Isolation really doesn't need them, to be honest. You, no. You don't, I think like, in many ways, is the isolation. It's like, you know, you, your hearing and your sight and everything is cut off from the world around you and you are fully immersed in mm-hmm. that, you know, that mm-hmm. uh, space station or whatever. And, you know, that, that alien is really stalking you. You can see it over there. <laughs> oh, God, it's so scary. It's, it's seriously one of the best VR horror games I've ever played. And it wasn't even... An issue. Well, I guess they were making it for VR when they started, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, um, they were originally planning on releasing it officially as... Uh, I don't know if it was going to be a standalone product or just like a VR mode that you could activate, but yeah, uh, somebody just sort of hacked back in the native support that was already there that they kind of disabled before they shipped it. Yeah. So, okay. So good, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the this, in mind. Exactly. So this brings me to another. This brings me to another question. Once again, not related to Half Life, uh, but we're talking about like kind of hidden VR modes in games. Um, Personally, I used to hate open world games. I just, I didn't like playing them, like flat screen games, stuff like that. I just didn't like them. Then uh, Rand talked me into playing uh, uh, Dying Light with the VR mod, or VR mode that's kind of hidden in, in Dying Light. You know, you could activate it. So, yeah. and I was absolutely, absolutely loving it. And I, I God, I don't know how many hours I had in that game. Oh, a lot. And tons. Oculus updated their software to version 38 and all of a sudden I jump in, I start my stream and the mode is completely broken. And it's like when you turn your head, instead of your head just turning in space like you think it would, it moves your whole body around in a circle and it just, it's terrible and everything's, nothing's working. Um, So I just thought I would bring that up and shout it out to anybody that's watching that's modding. Please bring, please somebody mod Dying Light. <laughs> Dying Light. Because <laughs> I love that and game. And while you're at it, mod Dying Light 2 as well. Oh, no kidding. Just, yeah. just do that as well. I mean, I, I think we're all on the same page here. VR mod all the things. I all the things. Absolutely. Have you worked on any other mods besides uh, Half-Life 2? Um... Not especially, no. Um, like, I've done a few little bits to help out with some other mods in the community, you know, like doing a, a few textures here or a bit of modeling there or something. But no, pretty much just half by two. Okay. So is that really, like, your main thing? Is uh, you work with, like, the graphics and stuff? or? Yeah, what? yeah. Uh, I do 3D modeling and, uh, you know, uh, texture work and stuff. Okay. All right. Okay. So we're from the same industry. <laughs> uh, that isn't more of a hobby for me than uh, an actual thing that i get paid for unfortunately 
Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. You guys could probably, if you actually, of course, I don't know, Valve might have something to say about that. It's like, if you sold this mod, I would think you could probably make some decent money. Maybe, yeah. Um, it's uh, it's kind of, uh, I guess, uh, a, a, an unclear situation. Like, originally, it was, you know, it was always just a mod we were making, and we were going to give it away for free to everybody. Mm -hmm. um, but then... We got licensed by Valve, um, and there are some sort of uh, like uh, stipulations in there. Like, uh, like when we initially negotiated with them for the license, part of the agreement was that we would just be giving it away for free on Steam. Okay. We would not be charging for it. Um, but that was also kind of the agreement they had with the Black Mesa guys. And now, obviously, Black Mesa is for sale on Steam as a product, and they're mm -hmm. profiting from that. So, obviously, there is some kind of wiggle room there to flip that around, but. I'm not even sure if we want to. I mean, after all these years of saying we're giving it away free, to suddenly turn oh, around. Oh, that's and say, true. Oh, yeah. Now you have to pay us for yeah. it. Yeah, psych. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I, I think we don't really have a plan for monetizing it, but uh, when, when we re release it publicly, we probably will, like, you know, throw out a Patreon hat or something and let people donate money if they enjoy playing it and, uh, you know, want to pay us back for all the thousands and thousands of hours of work we put into it i think that would be a good yeah. move to do absolutely because you guys deserve it it's brilliant it's it's the best mod i've played I, and I, I've, that's all i play is modded games and this one it's it's the best absolutely yeah uh, what what would you say is the most difficult thing out of all the stuff you've had to do with this uh, hmm. um i think for me personally, the most difficult thing has been um, like getting core API performance stuff nailed down. Um, like you know, you have to be a very sort of particular type of programmer to be able to go in and bolt uh, like you know Vulkan support onto this ancient version of Quake from 1998 or whatever that has mm -hmm. been morphed into Half-Life 2 over the decades and then has had our shit bolted on top. You know. Um, yeah, I think for me the most difficult bit is getting sort of really core changes made to the code because again that's like way outside of my comfort zone. I wouldn't know where to start, so I have to rely on finding other people who are you know smarter than me to to do that for me. Okay, so was that also your personal success? Like moments they were like, "Holy shit, this is working." Did you um, have any of those? Yeah, like um, I, I mentioned, kind of development had dragged for quite a while. Um, our, uh, our then lead programmer, he went and got himself hired by Rockstar to go and work on, you know, their next generation high-flying products like GTA 6 or whatever it is he's working on now. Um, so uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was difficult to, um, to kind of move on from there. We had some fundamental performance issues, which meant even just testing, you know, you put it on and getting a low frame rate and stuff would be janky and uncomfortable. And, you know, it was, it was not even fun to to experience for a while um but then um dr beef in particular he came in and really helped us nail down some core performance issues and changed it from uh yeah like overnight pretty much he changed it from this janky thing that wasn't fun to play to something that was actually pretty smooth on your head and you know, oh dude like, it's it's dude, solid half-life thing yeah yeah it's solid smooth i i don't i didn't That's see what, what my frame rates were but they had to be great because it just it they, it was. Yeah, it felt it's amazing. It's what the doctor ordered. <laughs> yeah. 
Really? Yeah, that was one of my like, questions he, is what Dr. Beef did. So I'm glad that you answered that. Yeah. I didn't have to ask. Um, like he came in quite early in that phase of development and he helped with some really core cool stuff. Um, but then for various reasons, he, um, he's been working on other things and doing family stuff. And he hasn't really been that involved uh, recently. But uh, who knows, maybe he'll come back and uh, get stuck in again. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about it sometimes, like, you know, he drops in and, you know, we keep uh, in touch and talk about how the project's going and stuff, but yeah, he's not actively working on it right now. Just interested. Like, I'm, I'm running, right now, I'm running it on, on the laptop, but I'm waiting for a computer to arrive from PC Specialist here in the UK. Cool. People told me, just order from there, just, they will build your PC, and then I took some info from Dr. Greg here. Um, what should I get? What should I not? So I ran it on an Indianware laptop and it ran so smooth. Like I had mm -hmm. no issues. No frame uh, issues Frame at it all. was yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's been really just fun. So it, it runs really well. And other games that I play when I create videos with Step 3D and Reshade, the computer gets so hot so hot really it's and and of course i have so many issues with it i didn't have any issue with half-life 2 vr mod peace yeah yeah oh yeah i play i play cyberpunk as a matter of fact i have two 216 hours into cyberpunk now ever since uh uh luke ross's mod came out and i have a i have a liquid cool pc and when I'm done playing that game, that's that liquid stuff is just like, I mean, it's all cloudy. It's just going a million miles an hour. You know, so. yeah. <laughs> I um, the version you're playtesting at the moment is um, it's using some old versions of the maps from like 2017, um, but it's also pretty much using all of the original Half-Life 2 content for the models and textures and stuff. So, you know, the, the requirements of it are, are really quite minimal. Mm -hmm. uh, this is one of the reasons why the the sort of uh, the content beta is still separate and we're not testing that yet is because um yeah it, it's going to require a slightly more beefy pc to run and uh there yeah. are still some, some performance issues we need to nail down in there before it's ready for people to run around in it yeah yeah but one of the things that i created a video for is there's a mod for half-life 2 it's called cinema m mod and they really redid all the textures. Some of it kind of got lost of the, the Half-Life 2 visuals. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of dirt maps, and it looks amazing. It looks really good, but it's not really Half-Life 2. Yeah. And there's a lot of Half-Life 2 fans that just... Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm man. Like they did do a lot of really good work on that cinematic mod, yeah. um, but they did kind of change stuff a bit too much for my tastes. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm very much like a purist. Um, whenever we've, you know, upscaled a texture or added more polygons to a model or something, our core sort of issue has always been, uh, I mean, our core sort of priority has always been um, just kind of like overcoming the limitations that they were forced mm -hmm. to adhere to. It's like you can tell yeah. they would have put more polygons in there or made that higher resolution, but it was 2004 and your average video card had like, what, 64 meg of RAM or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I had a video card then. I don't, yeah. <laughs> it was just... 2006 yeah, was, no, 96 was when I got my first PC. Uh, 
And I remember I got it and I sat down at this guy that this place in, in this town next to us that had, they built your custom PC and we had all the best parts on this PC. And he's like, and this is a two gigabyte hard drive. And he's like, you will never use that much space. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's I remember that. It should be enough for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> it would it would get so hot when I play games. I had to take the cover off of it and blow a fan on it because like all the graphics oh. would start disappearing because it would get so hot. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like Windows ninety five or something like that. Three eight three eleven, I think it was. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was it was bad. It was it was a bad PC. But hey, it ran emulators pretty good. That's all I cared about. So, <laughs> hey, here's a question. Somebody answer this for me because I've asked it before. I've never really gotten an answer. I don't think. Where the hell did the combine come from in Half Life Two? Because now that I've played through all of it, I mean, you get to the end of Black Mesa. There's no combine, and then and Alex, they're there. But I. I were there we are ever answered questions that in the Half-Life 2 universe, uh, like some of them have been kind of answered out of universe by the writer and stuff. But uh -huh. I, I think, if I, as I understand it, um, the Combine um, they sort of detected the shenanigans in Half-Life 1, and that kind of drew them to the Earth. Uh, but I'm not sure exactly where they come from. We don't know where they come from or anything. Okay, all right. So that that's I'm not crazy then. I was just like, no, no, there are just who are these people? And Alex, they kind of sidestepped answering any of those questions by you know retrofitting it into five years before Half-Life Two kind of thing. Yeah, and then they said something about it was the what the some the Seven Year War or, or Seven Day seven War. Minutes. Seven minute war. Okay, yeah, I didn't remember what exactly that was. So I'm, I'm assuming that's when that combine just showed up. It's like we're your we're, we're your leaders now. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, there's a uh, there's a newspaper. It's in Half Life Two, but they made like a high res version of it for Half Life Alex, and it's like uh -huh. you know, surrenders. And then there's like um, a photo of the United Nations building after being struck by an orbital bombardment from combine forces in space and stuff. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. That, 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 Interesting. Still not really a satisfactory answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are just a lot of huge unanswered questions with Half-Life 2. People have been speculating for years about some of this stuff. Well, they need to do a prequel then that explains this stuff. I think that would be amazing. Or <laughs> Half-Life 2 games for sure, definitely. Mm -hmm. Half-Life yeah. Barney. Somebody said something about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, he must have been up to something in those years between Black Mesa and Half-Life 2. Who knows? He could have had all kinds of crazy adventures. <laughs> what I want is uh, the uh, the head crab hero, the story of Lamar, the pet head crab. Oh my um, gosh, yes. Like integral to the whole Half-Life universe. Um, if she hadn't jumped into that teleporter and caused the malfunction, then, you know, Gordon wouldn't have alerted Dr. Breen and, you know, he wouldn't have had that teleporter accident. He'd have gone straight to uh, the, uh, the Black Mesa East facility with Eli and Alex. Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's, uh, yeah, just that one head crab was uh, the right head crab in uh, the wrong place or something. <laughs> yeah, the debeaked head, which they say, he's been or she's been debeaked. I'm like, that's cruel. <laughs> I'm calling Peter. Yeah. He's like, hop up now, Pat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You did mention when that happened in the game, you did mention that uh, 
Valve left a, a horrible cat model in the source. Yeah, there's just this random the bit assets. of dialogue in, uh, in the lab there where... Um, yeah, the cat. Like, yeah, Alex is like, what cat? But they what never cat? Kind of thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, and in the, um, the like, huge pile of um, models and textures and stuff that Valve gave us, because uh, they cut, like, most of the content that they made for Half-Life 2. There's, like, three times as much stuff they made that just never showed up in the game. Wow. And one of those things is this model just called Cat. It's got no texture, but it kind of looks like the front end looks like a cat, but then the back end is all kind of like, I don't know, deformed or something, like it's been <laughs> melted or something. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's wow. That would be so cool no, to actually you, find that somewhere. <laughs> do, do you have the right to use things that were not published? Um, yeah, yeah. The um, Valve gave us just all of the stuff that they had for Half-Life. Um, and Half-Life nice. 1 and Portal and Day of Defeat Source and a load of other games as well. Um, wow. Same license. Okay, nice. there we go. That was the other question I was going to ask when I had a brain fart. Um, somebody had asked while I was, I think I was in the lab with Dr. Kleiner and right before the teleporting, they were asking about uh, other Source games. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the way I understand it, I think there's a, there's a Portal or a Portal 2 mod being made. Portal 2. I'm I'm not sure. I don't know if you knew anything about that or not. Or, um, been a few different portal mods and Team Fortress Two mods and stuff over the years. Um, I don't think any of them have really come to anything. But just recently, um, there has been one guy who was working on a portal mod who has now joined our team. Um, okay, he's kind of like working on some of our code now at the moment. Because our, our plan originally was always to make Half-Life 2 VR and then we'd have like a solid Source Engine VR base that we could use to make Portal VR and Team Fortress 2 VR. And, uh, Left 4 Dead VR. Yeah. <laughs> I love some Left 4 Dead. I played the shit out of that on the flat screen back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Like the, uh, the, the Left 4 Dead 2 VR mod guy is now uh, kind of part of our, uh, we call ourselves the, uh, the Source VR team. It's our little group on Discord. And, uh, yeah, um, the plan is still that, you know, once we've got a solid core foundation in Source Engine working, we can use it to VR all the things. Oh, my God. That is just, that kind of stuff is so exciting to me. This is why. I Source in VR. I loved that game back in the day as well. Which game? I'm sorry. The World War II multiplayer one, where it's like Germans versus Allies playing catch-up points and stuff. Okay, so I'm not even aware of that one. <laughs> okay, oh. uh, I this is the big one, and I saved it for last because I knew if we just uh-huh. set it right, if we just set it right at the beginning, everybody would be like, okay, and then they shut off. <laughs> but uh, everybody wants to know when is this mod going to be released to the public? This is a good question. Um, the plan is basically this year for sure, definitely. Um, but there are a couple of um, a couple of things we need to nail down first. Um, and uh, as you notice in your playthrough, like some of the weapons aren't fully implemented yet. Like when mm-hmm. you're trying to reload the revolver, it was really confusing because the animations don't line up with the state of the weapon. Yeah, because the the bullets are still in the gun. I was like, well, the bullets are in there. <laughs> uh, so there's a few things we need to nail down still, um, but no real sort of show stopping issues at this point. So we're, we're confident we can release it this year. It's just a matter of when. Um, because first we have to run it past Valve and show it to them, um, uh, like 
for um, at the very least we have to like submit it on Steam and have it reviewed before it goes live. That happens with all Steam products. Yeah, um, yeah. But also specifically part of the uh, the license agreement we have with Valve is that we show it to them first and they give it the thumbs up before we release it to the public. Um, I mean, I, I was I kind of vaguely thought it would be nice to release it on the 18th anniversary of Half-Life 2's release, which is coming up in November, but that's mm-hmm. still a way off, so maybe we'll release it a little bit before then or something. Uh, it, there's no clear date yet, but definitely okay. this year, I think. Okay, well, that's that's good. I mean, at least people know. So I know a lot of people because they're always whenever you play something that hasn't been released, that's the huge question. Well, how did you get this? Well, <laughs> and, then, yeah. and I saw a Discord. Some people were, you know, not happy. And uh, yeah, there's you're not going to make anybody happy all the time, though. I mean, that's uh, that's just the way it is. But, <laughs> but it's coming, and it's coming soon. Soon, and, and, yes. yeah, yeah, and that's it's important. Source traditions soon. <laughs> soon. Yeah. <laughs> all right <laughs> oh man half-life three when's that gonna happen i can't believe they haven't done it man They're, especially the way they ended alex you yeah, know that, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way a bit it was like really they put you back in the suit and give you the crowbar and then they just end the game and then it's the done <laughs> yeah i know it's like no i mean that that the, the, it didn't really mean anything to me the first time I had played it because Alex was my very first exposure to the Half-Life universe, really, as far as the little bit that I played a Half-Life 2 before I quit. Um, yeah, if you played Half-Life 2 and Episode 2 and stuff, yeah, that probably didn't really mean much to you. you yeah, know, yeah. Like, oh, out, okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, yeah. But, uh, but still, um, knowing now, I, that's just such a cruel thing to do if they're not... Of course, you know, you know Valve, they, always, they don't really announce what they're working on ever. So. No, I, I hope that they're still working on an actual, if not a Half-Life 3, at least another chapter in that universe. Uh, they did kind of paint themselves into the corner there a bit by um, the originals being so good. It was just like, uh, like the first game in particular, it introduced so many new groundbreaking things that you, know, mm-hmm. you can't really talk, you can't really do that again. You can't go, here you go, I've raised the bar now because the bar is already up there on the top of Mount Everest. You know, you need... Mm-hmm space rockets or something to, get it <laughs> to go to the truly the next level and I, I think they kind of do have that potential with vr um like half-life alex they they did play it very safe like obviously you know it's beautiful the quality is brilliant it's all mm. polished it runs great and everything but it is very safe that very safe that, ha- that other people haven't already done and proven was a solid vr mechanic you know so I'm hoping that maybe they are working on something and people will put the headset on and be like, holy shit, this is blowing my mind. Yeah. I've seen anything like this. You know, yeah. Again. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I felt that way with, with Alex just because, I mean, that first scene when you're standing on the balcony and the white fades in and the helicopter flies over, you know, just seeing all the life in the city and, and it's mind-blowing. And the game... Uh, it, they what they did was absolutely brilliant. Maybe that's that's the big thing they did with Half Life is just putting it in VR like that instead of doing the other things. But you're missing out on a ton of action. You know, yeah. you're you're never facing more than three combine at a time. And, you know, they're re- even on hard. They're really easy to take down. I mean, it, it is a very it, when it, when you look at it gameplay wise compared to Half Life Two and Black Mesa. Or, or even, you know, first, it's very, very, it's easy, you know. And 
definitely quite simple but in, in gameplay terms for sure. yeah 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 so yeah i would love to see that's why i i, I keep harping that's why i love people like yourself and all of these amazing modders that are bringing us these real full game experiences in VR now because we're missing out on that. We're missing out on it. We were yeah. missing, we were missing out on it. Honestly, you know, big companies like division or whoever aren't doing this. I guess it's, you know, it's not profitable enough for them. Their bean counters do the sums and it's like, why would we do that? We'll only make, you know, a million dollars profit. That's not good enough. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's, it's always been a, a kind of a, a dream of mine to bring all of these classic games into VR. Even back in like the earliest days of the Oculus Kickstarter and stuff, I tried to get uh, Palmer and Nate to hire me to mm -hmm. produce VR versions of existing games. You know, where we would actually like license this old source code that was gathering dust in you know some drawer somewhere and make a VR version of that game to run on the Oculus mm. platform, kind of thing. Uh, obviously, that never came to pass, but uh, it's good to see that it is still happening nonetheless. Oh, happening. yeah. Yeah, it is. Ha and it's, I mean, this is, if anything, 2022 has been the year of the mod. I mean, it has been. We've just had, yeah, yeah. I mean, Luke Ross is cranking them out, you know, and, and uh, Prey Dogs mods. And, out now as well, like uh, the Resident Evil. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, those, and, uh, those are fantastic. GTA 4. There was to VR officially on the Quest platform. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I'm interested to see how that works. Yeah, me too. There was one note that I wrote, and I've, I'm not sure what it meant, but I think I remember now. I, I wrote levels in brackets all for Half-Life 2, and what I meant by that, I think, was because it's an external file with the game, and it's you basically did something else with the engine, are we going to be able, like, because I finished it in Pancake in Vorpex, can I load files, load files from my previous gameplay? Or is it, I need um, to play it through in VR? I think your old save games from the flat version will probably be incompatible. I mean, you can try it, mm -hmm. but it might just when you try to load them, I think. Yeah. I haven't tried, and that's why I'm like, hmm, maybe. But, uh, I mean, if you want, to, if you want to skip the bit you've already played, uh, that's easy enough. You can just bring up yeah, the console, type in the map command, and it will load whatever map you want. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that's nice. You can just go ahead and skip through the chapters too at the beginning. You don't have yeah. to play through the whole game unless maybe you do. Maybe you do, and I've just already done no, it. No, so. I tried. I tried, and it just it keeps starting. It says new game, new game. Even though I select a different chapter. Uh, I need to do with the console, I guess, like you said. It's possible there's still some bugs with the chapter selection thing, but the way it's supposed to work is that the first time you play the game, all you get is just a new game, and then as you progress through and unlock new chapters, it lets okay. you... Oh, okay. Yeah, because they're all there for me. But then I've already beaten the game on my system, so that might be why. Possibly, yeah. Or it could just yeah. be uh, like our default settings in the config files. Um, just so oh, that okay. Because we've, we've played it so many times. Uh, we might have to change that so it doesn't default to unlocking them all. It could just okay. be for the bait. I remember why. Here's another quick question that I had. Somebody had mentioned it, and I was thinking about it as I was playing it as well. Um, is there anybody that have you ever thought about bringing somebody in for to get like the B haptics working with it, like it, like the mod for uh, yeah. Alex? Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we were kind of partnered with B haptics at one point. Um, they sent a development kit to our then lead programmer, and he was kind of working on B-Haptic support. But 
uh, like I mentioned previously, he's now working at Rockstar on yeah. you know, regulating next generation horse testicles or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we no longer have a haptics unit in the team to test on. So it's something we've thought about doing, but that, you should contact again, him. Like, get a hold of get a hold of Alex VR and see. Maybe I bet you, if you would include something like that, they would love to have that. I would think included in oh, their yeah. in their game lineup i bet you they'd send you that dev yeah. kit <laughs> yeah i always wanted to support like any vr hardware um, yeah i don't know if you remember the uh the six cents tem the stem kickstarter it was going to be like uh controllers for vr um back before you know oculus released their own controllers and stuff mm-hmm um, but we were actually partnered with them as well, and um, Half-Life 2 VR was going to be uh, basically shipping with their product as you know one of the things that you can play with the STEM controllers. Uh, but that never happened either. Um, I think they sort of failed FCC compliance testing or something, just never managed to release the product and had to refund everybody and stuff. That was uh, a, a big issue. Well, that's got to be heartbreaking when you work on something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Suck for many reasons. One of them being that um, they had already licensed Portal 2 from Valve and had made a full six degrees of freedom VR version of Portal 2, which was going to release alongside their STEM controllers. But again, it never happened. And that is just like in limbo somewhere. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, yeah. you guys, we, you guys got your engine going now. So when that's done, Portal 2 will be a piece of cake, right? <laughs> Just flip a switch and you're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, technically speaking, they are all sort of very uh, similar versions of the engine. So once we've nailed down a sort of core VR experience with Half-Life 2, it should be relatively easy to then make VR versions of other Source Engine games. Oh, man, that's so exciting. Source code for them. Yeah, yeah. This is this is this is why I love doing this podcast because we get all this great information and all of it just makes me giddy. Yeah. <laughs> Keep looking bright for sure. Oh man! All right. Okay. Well, cool. that that covers pretty much everything I had for questions. What about cool. you, Vran? Yeah, like because it was pretty much the same questions. Um, maybe one or two or three that you answered, and then you gave us so much information that I just had to just mark out as as you went. So thank yeah. you so much. Ah, they're like my, my two favorite things. I'm happy to talk about either of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm streaming tomorrow. I'm going to start in uh, Ravenholm. So if you want to oh. stop by 1 o'clock, uh, well, same time as last time. So I'll, I'll, I'll put it up today. Six. So if you want to yeah, join, seven. that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll have to figure out the time zones, but yeah, I think I think I probably will drop in for that. I think it's seven our time. Oh, actually, maybe not then. I run a weekly D and D game that starts at seven on oh, Sundays. Oh, are you okay. a DM? You I am did... Well, yeah, I I'm, I'm normally the DM. Like we've got a little. I, I figured a forever DM. I, uh, I figured. Just, just last week, we started doing our Sunday game um, with one of my players as the dungeon master and me as a player. So I get to uh, to stand to one side and make his life difficult for the change. <laughs> you know, that's you something I never did D and D. My 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 son, right over here in the basement, they'd have this big setup and they would like hang all these Christmas lights around and they'd have tons of junk food and him and his bite and he would do the DM stuff. And then I just have a basement full of kids 
And I'd listen to them all screaming for hours on end. I mean, those kids would play forever. And I was like, wow, that must be yeah. a lot of fun. I was missing out when I was a kid. <laughs> but, but, you know, when I was a kid, well, all of us are about the same age, I'm sure. But, you know, back in the 80s when D&D &D was really big, I mean, I live in a very conservative uh, uh, religious area and that's back you know didn't tom hanks was it tom hanks that did the movie about how D, &D like turned him to satan and all that shit <laughs> it wasn't D, D, it was monsters and mazes yeah <laughs> yeah that was monsters hilarious. and mazes yeah it was uh it was typical satanic panic nonsense. yeah tom yes. play D, D and you know they they go mad and think it's all real and, and tom hanks yeah. actually ends up like jumping off a car park thinking that he can fly or something <laughs> it's, uh, yeah very silly movie <laughs> well i mean uh, it's, it's not just a thing for kids you know you should try it out sometime i yeah. really should yeah because no, you know i tried demio we've played it a few times and demio it really frustrates i i enjoyed the the social aspect of it just getting together with the guys and playing but that game frustrated the hell out of me so much because, you know, you'd sit there and you'd spend three, four hours and get nowhere because you just end up dying. And then you'd have to start all over all again. Demio <laughs> does a pretty good job of replicating like the mechanics of playing a D&D game when you're in combat because um, it is, you know, like a sort of turn-based combat. On yeah, and I love turn-based combat. Yeah, but I just felt like there was no, that's all it was. There was no, there's well, no real story. Really, there, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, it emulates that bit of it really well. But that's only like a small part of D and D. The um, the sort of you know the role playing, the storytelling. Um, that is like a yep. very big part of it as well. That's, mm -hmm. kind of that's what I love the most about D and D. The most, you know, I I used to play like a cleric for years. Then when my character died, I literally I was heartbroken. I actually I was depressed for <laughs> a couple of days because yeah, you. Mean, you know how you, you, you characters it's like an alternate personality an alter ego you know it is like it, an aspect of totally yourself. yeah but like playing i played a, 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 an illusionist thief and then just to come up with okay there's a treasure box and i want to unlock it with um because i was a thief but i had to think what if it's booby trap so it's just like to come up with solutions and to you know to talk with teammates or your group that's what i really really enjoy doing no, so then just with uh a, a, you know a, a interactive game like that like if you play demio or something yeah. you're very much confined by what they've programmed into the game yeah. you know it works mm -hmm. in that one way and that's it there is no other way to solve that puzzle it's like you do a exactly or that's it Whereas in, in D and D, it's much more of a sort of negotiation. You know, it's like whatever you can convince the dungeon master to let you get away with at, at that moment in time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I often do let my players get away with shit that isn't even technically correct according to the rules. But in that moment in time, it's like they say, "Hey, I'm going to do this thing," and I'm like, "God damn, that's brilliant! That's awesome! You can do that. Hilarious!" All right. Well, amazing. Tell you what, I think that's good for this one. We were gonna do, uh, we were gonna do, uh, um, you know, we like to do Vorpex segments, and I was gonna do Metro twenty or twenty thirty three, and absolute disaster. That's why I ended up streaming Half Life uh, instead because it just was not working. I mean, at first, I tried, to, I couldn't even boot the game at first. I had to go into something on Microsoft Store and download something that repaired something so the game would even boot up. And uh, then once I got it booted up, the screen was all messed up and there were these weird lines all over it. 
and that wasn't working. And then once I got that figured out, it would, it would run for a couple seconds and crash. And then I finally got through where it was playing and I put it on and I was like, wow, this frame rate is terrible. So I tried to make some adjustments in the settings to, you know, to maybe make the frame rate better. It would crash. I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't stream this. <laughs> so, so right now I'm just going to say, uh, Vorpex, there, there's my Vorpex segment. Don't try and play uh, Metro 23. <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it works pretty well for some other games, but apparently not Metro at the moment. No, it works great for Black Mesa. That's what we covered last show. It's brilliant with Black Mesa, except for the image flicker and the gun. And apparently, Fran had the same issues, and he tried to fix it, and there's just no fixing it. There's like the gun constantly flashes. You know, like it's really bizarre. All right, so there it is, guys. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. Thank you, Wormslayer, for being here and answering all of our questions. That was so awesome. I really appreciate it. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. Um, and yeah, so there. Now, hopefully, that answered your questions about Half Life Two. And you know, the big question: When is it going to release? This year. It's coming. So, <laughs> so. Uh, Hey, make sure you hit like and subscribe, click the little bell thingy, uh, comment on the video. Action. We had some great interaction with our last video, we, and we love, we love talking to you guys and hear what you have to say. And we got some great suggestions. We are on Spotify now. Uh, I still need to get on Apple Music. I haven't done that yet. But, uh, or uh, Apple Podcasts, whatever the heck it is. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we'll be back with another episode in a couple of weeks. Thanks for watching, guys. Dr. Greg out. Brand, you can see. Bye, guys. Bye, bye. Thank you so much. Bye, Warm Slayer. Bye, guys.